Over the course of your career, you may write many books, but you only develop one brand. This is why getting your brand right is so important. Your brand is often your first impression with readers and you never get a second chance to make a first impression and you never get to develop a second brand, at least not without creating a whole fictional version of yourself, which has its own challenges and costs. And one way that your brand is expressed is through your author tagline. So what is an author tagline and how can you use one to develop your brand? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr., CEO of Author Media, and today we are joined by a very special guest and a voice you will recognize well, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. James L. Rubart, <laughs> welcome back to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you, Thomas. It is, it's really fun to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, so what have you been doing? You used to host this show, and then you stopped. Are you uh, dr- drinking lattes on the on the beach? That's all I'm doing is <laughs> drinking lattes <laughs> on the beach. Yeah, I wish. I'm actually working on a project right now that I'm pretty excited about, so I'll give uh, all my old friends a sneak peek. I'm working on a series of books with Susie Warren, Susan May Warren, and it's going to be six books that are coming out every other month starting in February and we're really excited about that. So I'm going to dive into the studio in fact tomorrow and start recording the audio version of the first book and these books uh it's a series like I said it's, it's uh, the overall series title is The True Lies of Rembrandt Stone and it's the story of a time traveling detective that time travels in order to solve all old cold cases. So that's all I'll say about it right now but yeah, really excited about that. Yeah, so and we'll be watching that very closely because you're doing a it's a kind of a rapid release strategy every other yeah. month is rapid release, but it's two very experienced authors. You're in the Christie Hall of Fame and Susie has written approximately 1 million books. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. but what you're doing is you're creating a new uh, fictional pen name that's the both of you together, is that right? Yeah, right. So, it's not just Susie and I, it's Susie and her son David and I, so the three of us are partnering together. And so we've taken his name David, my name James, and then Susie's name Warren, so the name of the author will be David James Warren, and it's not a it's a pseudonym that's a, an open secret, so to speak. So we just wanted to do that to differentiate these books from our other books and uh, yeah really fun all right well let's jump into taglines what is an author tagline yeah we had a rubart writing academy reunion we do that every year with grads from the academy and we did this in october and we worked with each of the students taylor and i did to develop a tagline and and uh, thomas said hey love to have you back on i said maybe we can talk about taglines and we talked about taglines, I think, back in episode 20, so it's been a while. So maybe time to revisit it again. So the question, what is a tagline in the world of writing and how do I use it? First, let's get a definition of a tagline. In general terms, a tagline is just a short, pithy catchphrase that encapsulates a brand. For example, Nike's would be Just Do It. Kentucky Fried Chicken would be Finger Lickin' Good. Verizon, Can You Hear Me Now? Now, when it comes to writers, a tagline is a little bit different, and it's often used in the following ways. First, we can develop a tagline or a catchphrase for our specific books. For example, for my first novel, Rooms, I came up with the tagline, What if you walked into the rooms of your soul? 
Now, often these taglines come from our back cover copy, and they allow us to quickly describe our story and hopefully cause the reader to want to know more. But this is more of a log line than a tagline. A log line tells you what a book or a movie is about. A tagline, as I just said, is much more of a catchphrase. With taglines, there aren't any specifics about the story. It's more of a feeling or an overall description of what a brand is. Here's an example from Lord of the Rings. If you developed a logline for Lord of the Rings, it could be a young hobbit must go on a quest to destroy an all-powerful ring before its maker uses it to enslave the entire world. So that's a logline. That's kind of what the overall series is about. The tagline would be one ring to rule them all. Another thing this is called in Hollywood is the poster. You have to create the poster for the movie often before you even write the script, right? What are you going to put on the poster that's going to make people, as they're walking out of the last movie that they've seen, they see the poster on the wall and they want to go and see it, right? So you have the actors on there, but you also have some words on there. And you don't have a lot of words to work with, and the words have to make somebody curious, right? So one ring to rule them all doesn't tell you much, but hopefully it makes you curious. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it, Thomas. Taglines. Look at movie posters and you'll see taglines all over the place. I see dead people. That would be a tagline for The Sixth Sense. Uh, Second, we can develop taglines for ourselves as authors. And I'm actually working on one myself right now, so this is good timing. For years, I've used Live Free as my tagline. But right now, I'm playing with expanding that a little bit. So don't judge me too harshly on this. But what I'm playing with is mind-bending stories of spiritual freedom. So with that, mind-bending stories of spiritual freedom, I've told you that I write stories, so I've told you I write fiction. I've told you that my stories are a little bit different than the norm by using the word mind-bending. And I've told you with the word spiritual, I've told you that I write for the inspirational market. And if you look at the theme of my life, there's really two themes, freedom and identity. That Those are the things I really get excited about. And those are the things that are in all my books. And so I included one of those lines or one of those themes, freedom, in the tagline. There's just not room to include identity as well. So I left that one out. That'd get a little bit confusing. And I want to jump in actually and say that's really important. So, you know, you're talking about I left out identity. That's a big part of your books. And yet it was good that you left it out of your tagline because if it's not focused, it's meaningless. And oftentimes when somebody tries to create a tagline, they try to create a tagline that captures everything they write about. And what they end up with is something that's so vague that it becomes meaningless. (laughs) And it takes courage to be more specific because it means saying no to the things that you want to talk about. But but it's that focus, it's that point at the end of the spear that's what really uh, makes a difference. That, that That's such a great point, Thomas. And that is, if I was criticizing my own, as I'm developing this new tagline, if I was going to criticize it, I would say it's potentially too long. The shorter, the better. The shorter, the better, because it's more memorable that way. For example, Ted Decker, his tagline would be dive deep. That's all it is, just dive deep. And I actually love that because it says a lot in two words. Brandilyn Collins, and we talked with Brandilyn in episode 20 about taglines. Brandilyn's is seatbelt suspense. Again, just two words, very brief. Thomas, we should probably point out before we go any further that you don't have to have a tagline. It's not like you have to have one. And so don't feel the stress of, oh, no, I've got to come up with a tagline now. You don't. But they certainly can help make us more memorable 
it can give us immediate recognition, and it can create a want or a desire within our readers. I kind of see taglines as the way the military sees plans. There's this saying in the military that no plan survives contact with the enemy. And so the the counter is, then why have a plan? If every plan just goes out the window as soon as it faces reality, why have a plan? And then the rebuttal to that is, is that a plan is evidence that planning took place. So planning is very important, right? It's like, oh, we're going to have all of these troops here. We need to make sure we have enough food for all of them to eat. So yes, the plan isn't going to happen, but it is evidence that you've thought through all of the elements. And a tagline isn't your brand. It doesn't create a brand and it doesn't resonate with readers. Most readers don't know most taglines for most authors. What a tagline is, is not as much a marketing asset that you can use to convince people to read your book as it is an exercise to help you think through what your brand is and it's evidence that you've thought through, oh, here's who I am, here's what I write, and I'm able to communicate it in a specific set of words. And it's not that you never use it. You know, you might put it on your website somewhere and maybe you'll put it on your business cards, but it's not like a tagline for a corporate brand where, you know, Coca-Cola, you know, tweaks their brand uh, tagline every 10 years and then they spend a billion dollars putting <laughs> the word refreshing <laughs> in front of you. Uh, or now it's, I think, something along the lines of better together or something, better when shared together. They, they have a new one. And, you know, they're about to bludgeon you over the head with it. So brace yourselves. Coca-Cola has a new tagline. Uh, but you don't have that kind of budget as an author. You're not going to be able to put your tagline in front of people like a corporation is. And so it's not nearly as important for you. There are many, many successful authors who don't have taglines or they don't have taglines that you've heard of and they're still selling books just fine. So this is more of a kind of thing to help you on the inside of your engine than the engine itself. Uh, I can't help but mention any of those of you who have kids, the birth plan, right? You, you develop this birth plan when you're in the birthing class. And then as soon as labor starts, you throw the birth plan out the window. But it is a foundation, like Thomas is saying, that you can you can work off of. And you know where you're starting. You know what your foundation is. So um, two things a tagline can tell potential readers. It can tell them who you are. So the question would be, what do you want to come into readers' minds when they think of you? And second, why? And this is back to the want or desire. Why should our readers and potential readers care? What do they get out of it? So in terms of with Ted's tagline, dive deep, that immediately tells you that Ted's stories are going to have depth to them. They're going to have probably deep psychological thinking behind them. They're not going to be surfacey, light and fluffy books. They're going to be deep books. So he's told you that in two words with Brandilyn. She's told you that her books are going to be about suspense. And she says that oh my gosh, you're going to have to put your seatbelt on. These things are going to be so suspenseful. So it's like, ooh, I get something exciting out of those things. Remember, taglines aren't necessarily about genre. They're in, in fact, they're strongest when they're about theme. Just do it. Finger licking good. Dive deep. Mind-bending stories of spiritual freedom. It's much more about the theme. In some ways, it can be a little bit like the old parable of the fishmonger who's got the sign that says, Fresh Fish Sold Here. And, you know, a marketing consultant comes by. He's like, you know, you really don't need the word sold in there. That's obvious. And so it's like, he changes the sign to just say fresh fish here. And it's like, man, here is also unneeded. So he cuts the word here. And so that just has a sign that says fresh fish. 
and uh, somebody comes up and you're like, you know, people can tell that the fish is fresh just because they can see it. And so it cuts the word fresh, and then it's like, and you realize people can smell the fish a mile off, so it cuts the word fish, and he has no <laughs> sign at all. <laughs> so at some point, you do have to make a decision about when cutting is too much. And I would say for Deckers, dive deep is almost too much cut. Right, because that could be for a surfing company. It could be for you know. It could apply to so many things. Mm-hmm. This could be about you know uh, spiritual counseling. It could be uh, scuba diving. Uh, yeah, scuba diving. Right, that was my first thought. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's a scuba diving thing, right? It's a, it's training for how to get your certification to go below a hundred meters, right? It's like, no, that's nothing to do with it. But um, it's it's so few words that it really needs additional context to mean something. Whereas your current tagline of mind-blowing stories of spiritual freedom that's almost more of a mission statement and i uh, and i think that that's more useful because then you can ask yourself as you're writing a book is this a mind-blowing story and is it about spiritual freedom Mm. and it helps guide you in your writing which i feel like is more useful if you have it too broad anything can apply to it but if it's restricting you if it feels a little restrictive that's when you know it's actually useful because it's helping you make decisions Hmm. Interesting perspective. The only pushback I'd say on that is within the context of Ted's website or so you're seeing who he is, you're seeing he's an author and within that expanded context, maybe it does work. Yeah, you have to add that context uh, around it. So it's it's a piece of a larger effectively tagline. Yeah, or, or larger marketing message. And again, taglines are a part of a whole branding exercise. There's more to your brand than just your tagline. It's your photo. It's your genre. For most authors, for most readers, their brand and their genre never get separated. <laughs> your brand never goes beyond what your genre is. And that's what Brandon Lynn Collins, right? she's not even trying to, to brand beyond her genre she's she's has a brand seatbelt suspense and she's saying i'm the queen of this genre if you like suspense that's what i write and it works that's a really powerful approach because people more than they're fans of authors a lot of people are fans of the genre and an author they love who writes a book outside of the genre that they love they won't leave the genre they love to read that author despite the fact they love the author sometimes they will and for some readers they love the author enough but I imagine many of you have read a book by an author you liked and a genre you didn't like, and you end up not liking the book. Yeah, true. It is extremely rare, but it can happen. Ted Decker is somebody that has gone beyond his brand. Nike is a company that has gone beyond their products. Apple is a company that's gone beyond their products. But it does not happen very often. You're right, Thomas. And so being clear, like Brandilyn is, seatbelt suspense, that's what I am. There is a lot of power in that. So how do we actually make that happen? We're working on our brand. How do we come up with a handful of words that help encapsulate uh, who we are as a writer? So Thomas and I are going to throw out a bunch of questions at you, and these will be in the show notes so you can go back and spend some time with them. But quickly, let's go through them. Number one, what is your theme? A great tagline comes from knowing the theme of your life. And that's why I'm so big on that. That's why at the Rubart Writing Academy, it's the first thing we do at the Academy is help people figure out the theme of their life. So you start with that. What are you about at your core? When I wake you up in the middle of the night and I say, what's the theme of your life? You need to be able, able to answer that. So start there. The second question I would ask is, what are the common themes in your stories? If you look at all your stories, it's my contention that I can take any author, and I've worked with hundreds of authors at this point, I can take all their stories, even if they're in different genres, even if they're in different time periods, I can say, this is the theme that's running through all your stories. So if you've written multiple stories, 
Go back and look at that. If you've never considered that before, go back and look at what that theme is that's running through all your stories. The next thing I would ask is, what do you want people to walk away with after reading something you've written? Some people go, I just want them to feel happy, or I want them to be full of laughter, or I want them to be contemplating the deep questions of life. What do you want the end result to be? So I'd ask that question. And have a specific deep question you want them to be contemplating, right? I would be more specific, like, oh, I want them to think deep thoughts. It's like, no, (laughs) I want them to think deep thoughts about justice. Yeah. Is a very different kind of book than I want them to think deep thoughts about the nature of love, right? Like those are both really important things, but they're very different. And the way you would structure a story for somebody to think about justice and to think about love, very different. And sure, some books may, you know, have the confluence of those two, but that's even harder to do. Not everyone can write To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, that's a really good point, Thomas. Be specific on that. And and don't just think about it for what you want them to walk away with after they read one of your books. What do you want people to walk away with after talking to you at a cocktail party? For example, it's just the way I'm built. I want people to walk away after an interaction with me feeling encouraged, feeling inspired, me feeling more free in their life. I'm, not, I'm going to ask you this question in a second, but with Thomas, I would say... Let me put it this way. Every time I talk to Thomas, I walk away thinking in ways I've never thought before. And that's, I really love that. So I don't know, Thomas, do you, do you think about that? Do you go, I want to challenge people's thinking. I want them to think in a new way when you talk to them. I want to teach them something new. So my tagline, which you'll notice I've never shared on the podcast before, because it's more of something that I use internally. But the, the, one, the last one I created was, I help make technology and marketing simple. And probably should shorten that to, I help make marketing simple. I help take the complex parts of marketing and I help them make more sense, be less confusing. And then my two word is, you know, Thomas the Enlightener, <laughs> which just kind of goes to that kind of helping somebody see things in the new way. Like the whole reason I do this, the podcasting and the teaching, is I live for the aha moments when the light bulb goes off and somebody's like, oh, maybe I can build a website myself or oh, maybe I can uh, put together a book launch plan or, or put together a platform or you know, create an author tagline, whatever it may be, right? That sense of aha of like, now I know how. That's really what gets me excited. Okay, so that's specific to this podcast and your professional career, but in terms of who you are overall as a person, I would completely agree with Thomas the Enlightener. You enlighten me when I talk to you. You enlighten people around you when you talk to them. And that's that's outside of that's personal relationships that's outside of just your job well thank you encouraging to hear that i'm not that i'm not off base there and it's something to aspire to for me for sure Hmm. so what are some other questions to help us figure out our tagline ask what makes you different what makes you unique what makes you stand out from other authors either about yourself personally or your stories and those are usually intertwined what is the feeling that you want to convey If you're trying to convey a feeling to people, some are going to say, that's not for me. And that's great. In other words, if I say mind bending, some people are going to go, yeah, I don't want mind bending, Jim. That's not me. I was watching the Outlander series. Darcy and I were watching the Outlander series a year or so ago. And I talked to a friend and he said, yeah, I liked it. But when it got to season three and all that weird time travel stuff started, I was out and I'm going, oh my gosh, that's when I really started to love it and get hooked in. And so it's just different 
you know, different uh, tastes for different people. And so if you have people going, nope, not me, great. You, you actually want to do that. That's actually a sign of a good tagline because it means you're being specific enough where people know who the insiders are and who the outsiders are. And a poor tagline makes no one feel anything good or bad. <laughs> They're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> whereas a, a really good tagline, people are like, yes, thank you. That's for me. So like Nike's just do it. That's very aspirational, right? There's a certain kind of person who wakes up at five in the morning and goes and runs. And there's a certain kind of person who doesn't. And Nike is very much targeting the person who gets up at five in the morning and runs. That That is their target audience, which is a small target audience, right? Most people... Um, aren't that but the power of a apparel brand is that they're also reaching out to people who want to be that way and they think maybe if i buy nike shoes then i'll be able to wake up at five in the morning and run which of course is a lie <laughs> nike shoes um <laughs> won't help you much they may actually help you a little bit if you spend a hundred dollars on a pair of nikes you might be more likely to wake up and run um but if that effect won't last very long um a few more questions for you guys what is the benefit to the reader we've touched on that already uh if you're already published, what do your reviews say? This is what Brandilyn used to develop her tagline. Is she went to her Amazon reviews and kept seeing these comments. Oh, my gosh, I felt like I had to put a seatbelt on when I was reading this. Well, that very naturally went to seatbelt suspense. So look at those reviews. Ask your readers in your newsletter. Ask your readers what words or phrases come to mind when you think about my kind of stories. You can get some great information that way because that's ultimately those are the people that matter the most but don't develop a tagline and then ask them what do you think of my tagline that's thomas and i did a i think we did business cards i'm not sure which episode it was but we talked about the idea of design by committee when you have all these people giving input and that's a disaster so don't ask your readers what do you think of my new tagline we actually have a whole episode on design by committee and how it destroys all everything good in the world <laughs> and <laughs> and also in that episode we talk about how to navigate feedback from lots of different sources so that you don't end up with design by committee. Because you do want feedback, but you don't want design by committee. There's a whole method of having the one without the other, and we break it down in that episode, and we'll have a link to that episode in the show notes. Uh, the shorter, the better, because it's easier to remember that way. Don't make it too short. Thomas had some really good thoughts about Ted's tagline. Play with alliteration, seatbelt suspense, dive deep, play with that. Don't make that your goal. If it doesn't work, don't do it. But but that's something to consider and play with. And then finally, test it. A good tagline, a great tagline is something you're going to use for years. Nike's had that tagline, I'm just going to guess off the top of my head, maybe 30 years now, right? They got it right the first time and they've never had to change it. So when you're starting out, play with it, test it, see what's working, see what's not until you finally get to that one that you can live with for 30 years. So give us some more examples of taglines that authors have, some some really good author taglines. Because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, this billion-dollar company hired a marketing firm and they put together a tagline. But what, what are some things that us mere mortals who are just writing books are able to do? Yeah, I'm going to give you some examples now. And these examples actually came out of the Rubart Writing Academy that we had in October because we sat down with everybody that came. We developed uh, a new tagline for them. And so I'm just going to throw these out. They'll be in the show notes. You can look at them. Maybe they'll inspire you. Uh, the first one is unstoppable love. Quick, short, unstoppable. That's a powerful word. Love, oh, that's what kind of that's what's unstoppable. So you put that on the right website with the right graphics and visuals around it, that can be a powerful tagline. The next one is scoot over girl, I'm right there with you. Now this particular author, she is this uh, Wendy's uh 
gosh, in her late fifties. And she is somebody that is coming around these young girls and saying, Hey, I've been there. I I've done that. Come on in. I'm, I'm sitting down next to you. We're going to work this out together. So scoot over girl. I'm right there with you. That would be very inviting. I think to people who want that kind of support. One of the taglines that we played with, and, and this is again, just in development, but it's the idea from the Terminator movies. If you're familiar with those movies where in the first movie, and then it is, it's continued throughout the other movies, this line that Kyle Reese gives to Sarah Connor early in the movie, and, and, and he says to her, come with me if you want to live. We thought that could be really powerful if it's massaged a little bit for a tagline for an author. It's probably trademarked in that exact wording. <laughs> yeah, you can't do, yeah, you're not going to be able to use that wording, but, but it, you get the idea, right? If there was a tagline on a website similar to that, it's like, okay, that, that talks to me of ep, something epic. It talks to me of escaping death. It talks to me of moving into life. So the next one we were playing with is I'll take out the big guy. And this is from an author that Really, the theme of his life is overcoming insurmountable odds, and it's something he has done his entire life, and his stories are rich with that type of hero. So that's one we think could be really fun. This next one comes from an author who's writing for 12-year-old boys, and what Jess developed was, a hero will rise because a hero is needed. That hero is you. And so for a 12-year-old kid, it's like, okay, yes, I want to be that hero. The next one we played with is navigate the chaos. And so that can go a lot of different directions, but again, within the right context, within the right website, with the right graphics and images, I think that can be extremely powerful because chaos, we're living in a world of chaos right now. And to be able to navigate that, okay, that that's kind of exciting. So in many ways, one way to think of these is that they're making a promise to the reader. My books are gonna help you in this way. And it's a way of making a promise to the reader, even for fiction. And the promise may be this is going to be an exciting story where heroes take on the big bad villains, right? The, I'll take out the the big guy. You know, that makes me think of a space marine, you know, going after a giant space monster <laughs> and not dealing with the little ones. Or, you know, a hero will rise because a hero is needed. That hero is you. You know, that's a really clear promise of read this book and become a hero. That's that's really powerful. Navigating the chaos is also a real powerful benefit. Obviously, meaningless without some additional context. So this tagline would never work on its own, but it could be a really great seasoning for the rest of the marketing going on. Uh, give us give us one more example. Here's one more, and I, I actually love this one. And this was one that Becky came up with on her own, and, and we just kind of talked about it a little bit. And that's from invisible to invincible. It just, I'm captured by that immediately, even without, even without the, the context of graphics and the website and all that, because so many people in our society feel invisible today. And in, in Becky's case, she is looking to write to, to folks and especially young gals who feel that way. And if you know anything about young gals, they feel this way tremendously i mean to to great detriment and so the idea of you feel invisible no more we're going to make you invincible i think is really powerful so let's uh talk a little bit about now that we have a tagline we've asked those questions which do go to the show notes if you want to download those questions maybe we'll even have a worksheet version where you can uh, you know answer each question then you have this nice document at the end but now that we have the tagline where do we put that tagline 
Yeah, take us through that, Thomas. Where would we? Where are some? You talked about it at the start of the podcast. Some of the places we could use it. Where else? Where else could we use it other than a website? So one of the common places to use a tagline is at the top or near the top of the website in the page, the home page or the landing page where you're greeting. This is your kind of very first. I say, hey, my name is Joe Smith, and I help you navigate the chaos or, or whatever. Uh, that's a good place to use it. So it's a real common thing to put into banners, right? The banner of your website, the banner of your blog, the graphic on top of your Facebook page or your Twitter page. You know, each of these social networks give you your photo of your face and then often some big, wide image. And one of the things that's a really great thing to put in that big, wide image is your tagline. <laughs> so, uh, and, and also, it's a place where you can put in context. So it's not like you want to end every Facebook post or Twitter tweet if you're Twitter tweeting or Facebooking with your tagline, right? You don't bludgeon people over the head with it, but it is something that you can work in graphically if you're doing graphic design. Again, totally optional. I know many of you aren't doing social media anymore. You don't need to do social media and you don't need to put your tagline on social media. This is a thing that <laughs> might help and it's not the thing that will make you successful. It, it's not that powerful of a technique. It's also something you could work into your newsletter. The place I would put it in a newsletter would be in the drip sequence. I would have a whole email all about I'd have the tagline be like the subject of the email and then the email in that onboarding sequence explaining <laughs> the, the tagline. Uh, this will often be email number one or number two in that sequence when you're really kind of saying, hey, this is who I am. The tagline can be a good uh, tool as you're kind of introducing yourself in that email. I wouldn't put it in a banner graphic on an email. I, I'd recommend simpler, more plain text emails. Uh, that feel like they're coming from a real human and not from a faceless corporation. Why put on a mask of a faceless corporation when you already have your own face? It doesn't make any sense. A business card could be a good place for it. You can work it in. Uh, if you claim your Amazon page or your Goodreads page, you have some uh, spots there for you to put some branding elements, and a tagline could work there. And an email signature also is a good spot for it. Jim, how do you work your tagline into your email signature? Well, I, I don't have it in there at this point. That's again, I'm kind of finalizing this tagline. But for me, yeah, it's just in my tagline. So right under my picture, I do have a picture in my emails. I think that's important. I, I don't see that a lot. Anytime you can see the person and connect with them visually, I think it's important. So I'm going to put it right under my right under my photo. I'm realizing I don't have my tagline in my email, but I do have my catchphrase. <laughs> I've started with uh, Spock's Vulcan salute, the live long and prosper. And kind of how I see myself is I'm Spock on the bridge, and you, the listener, are Captain Kirk. And I'm here to kind of advise you with the technical things. And Ooh, that's the, good. I like the that. The mysterious things and, and to bless you. Uh, the other thing I like about the Live Long and Prosper is that in the hand sign was actually based off of a Hebrewic um, priestly breath blessing. So Leonard hmm. Nimoy, the actor, brought that in from his Jewish heritage, which I think is, is really cool. Uh, it's a catchphrase is different from a tagline, but it serves kind of a similar function. And you'll notice that I end many of these episodes with a live long and prosper. And if you've ever been on a call with me or a, a coaching call, I, I, I tend to end those with live long and prosper. And I've now found that during a pandemic when we were social distancing, it's a very social distance positive way <laughs> of, <laughs> of saying goodbye to somebody without shaking their hands. Uh, in fact, you're holding your hand up in the salute. And there's an emoji for it. So I, I have... Um, enjoyed that as a, as a catchphrase. I don't recommend most authors have a catchphrase and it took me years to use this one. And it's totally a trademarked catchphrase. <laughs> so it's not like I can publish it anywhere, but I do enjoy offering all of you that you live long and prosper. Uh, Jim, any final tips on taglines? 
Uh, it can seem overwhelming when you start playing with this, so give it time, just like anything. Give yourself time to work with it. You don't have to come up with it in the next week or month. Uh, play with it. And definitely call in friends, critique partners, marketing partners, and, and bounce ideas off of each other. Our featured patron today is Daniel Bishop, author of Rally Point, Place of Refuge. Leaf and Diana Joe are devastated after she miscarriages after so many years of trying to get pregnant. The miscarriage becomes a catalyst for their roller coaster journey to becoming a foster family. And thank you, Daniel, for being a patron of the podcast, helping keep the Novel Marketing Podcast on the air. If you would like to become a patron and get the bonus episode every month that only goes to patrons and get the many other perks of being a patron, we'll have a link in the show notes. And if you can't afford to become a patron but still want to help the show, you can. Just tell a friend that you think would find this episode helpful. Well, you've been listening to Thomas Umstead Jr. and James L. Rubart <laughs> back from his long hiatus on the Novel Marketing Podcast. If you'd like to get the show notes version of this or a downloadable where you can work through these questions yourself, you can find that at authormedia.com. And on behalf of both Jim and myself, we hope that you live long and prosper.